It is good to be back in Wellington. Auckland's okay, but it's not Wellington. Auckland's getting crazier, eh? Man, the traffic is just ridiculous. But family lives there, so it's good to go see physical family and hang out with them. And it's really funny uh, when my brothers get together. We're, we're very competitive, and our wives are even more competitive than we are. And uh, when Articulate comes out, a whole lot of funny people come out. <laughs> and, um, and when Croquet comes out, even some crazy people come out. But um, it's awesome just being with those guys and uh, hanging with them. And, but it's nothing like being with spiritual family. And uh, that was one of the things that Danny and I really noticed this year was just sometimes, you know, it's cool. Family, physical family is cool. But I really miss the dialogue of being able to eat spiritual food. Um, and that was quite noticeable for us this time. And so it is uh, neat to be back. But at the same time, I just want to encourage you on that journey of eating real food. Not just food that perishes, but real food. Food that sustains, food that builds, uh, food that changes and transforms us. You know, at this time of the year, we tend to start planning our year, don't we? You know, 2017, and we set these goals, and with every good intent, and there's nothing wrong with goal setting, but the reality is we are the goal. Our change, our transformation is the goal. And so often we don't think it's us, we think it's what we're going to do. But it's really who we're becoming. Because as we become, things will naturally just start to flow. So I want to encourage you this year to, if you're a goal setter, set goals around your own growth. Because the doing will follow the growth. We tend to be back to front, we tend to set the doing goals, what we're going to achieve. But if we'll actually in Christ seek him more and have a goal of personal transformation, then you watch the doing just naturally occur from the power of God living within you. Not your strength, his strength operating in and through you. And that's when it becomes a place of rest. To live for Christ is a place of rest because I am not working. I am dead but he is working through me and in me. And there's a real tension in that, isn't there? Between sitting on your chuff doing nothing, but actually doing everything in your own strength. And so I've just called this real short talk, and it's going to be a real short talk this morning. Um, And I'm setting that as a goal for this year. (laughs) Uh, But who knows, I probably won't match it at all, but it's an intent, looking forward and not behind or back, looking forward. Jesus was always looking forward. Paul was always looking forward. But there's this temptation to look back. The Israelites were tempted to look back when Moses was leading them, God was leading them out of Egypt. Because what's back is comfortable, what's back we know, it's familiar. And what we don't know scares us at times. The unknown is a scary zone, but God wants you to know an unknown zone so it no longer becomes scary, it becomes the place of habitation. It becomes the place, the new place in which you live from now. And as we've been talking about last year, and we're just going to continue on the same theme of knowing Him, loving others, walking together, because that is what God has given us 
as the journey with him because he knows if we come to know him more, everything will take care of itself. It's so simple, isn't it? But it is profoundly deep, and that's why we can miss it because sometimes we're looking for things that are right in front of us, but we can never see them, and yet they sit right there. And there's this temptation to want to look past or behind or back for answers, but the answer lies in front of you. The Bible says, press on to maturity. And just come with me to Luke uh, 9. There's a passage here where Jesus is really laying, I guess, it down for the people that really want to follow him. Luke 9, verses 57. He's making it really clear. And if there's one thing I know about him, he makes things real clear. Luke 9, 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 59. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let's go back to verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. There's a goal. There's a statement. There's a statement of intent from someone who was there that said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. We make these big, bold statements. And with every good intent to fulfill them, don't we? I don't know about you guys, and then the year goes on, and you look back, and what you may have said, you haven't quite fulfilled, or you haven't quite yet started. And this is what's sort of happening here because people were always making these really bold, brash declarations. And then you see in this passage, then this word but enters in. But first, but first, but second, but third, but fourth, but. And that's where everything tends to stop at the but. And then the excuses come in. And some of them are pretty good excuses, but they're not godly things that God, and they can get in the way of what God wants to do. And so you hear this man, and then we hear this, the foxes, Jesus says, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So as we go forward, as you and I go forward as a family this year, there's a real and bold intent with Jesus saying, guys, you're going to have to let some things go. Some of the things that you're comfortable with, some of the things that you're relying on, some of the things that you're actually putting your trust in that isn't me are going to have to be let go of because 
Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have a pillow. So if you think about a pillow, a pillow is a nice, soft, fluffy thing that you put your head on. And it's like, oh, sleep. It's a comfortable thing, isn't it? Some people spend a lot of money on a pillow because we've spent a lot of time asleep, so the pillow has to be right. But Jesus is saying, I don't have a pillow. I don't have an abode. I don't have a fixed address. I'm not stationary because as we looked at last year, I'm not from your planet. So I'm not anchored to your planet. I'm anchored to the kingdom of God. I have the kingdom of God living within me, and I live from the kingdom of God. And that's why Kirk said what he said, that the kingdom of God would be formed and established in you and I more this year. Because as he says here, anyone that turns back is not fit for the kingdom of God. The word actually, when I had a look, means this, well-placed. You're not well-placed for the kingdom The Bible says you must be born of water and spirit to see it, enter into it, have it established within you. So we are people of a spiritual nature, aren't we? Understanding and eating and receiving things from the spirit, spiritual manner, what I started with today. So what does going forward look like for you this year? Not back, not looking at what you didn't do in 2016, but what are we going to do with him and one another in 2017? What is your personal transformational growth process going to look like this year? Danny and I were talking yesterday. We lie in bed and we eat. And we were looking at Romans 9. And we were unpacking and I was sharing with her, Paul, his heart cry for the, his fellow brothers and sisters, his Israelites that were never going to receive what he'd received. And as you work your way through that, you see this incredible reality being painted where God says, I have mercy on those whom I choose, and my wrath will be on those whom I choose. Who are you to tell me how this is going to unfold? Because you are just the clay, and I am the molder. And as we were dialoguing about that, you know, questions like, well, how fair is that? That people have been created for wrath, not mercy. And we have to understand that. We have to come to know this God. And you go, well, how fair is that? Well, what is fear? Who determines what fear is? Well, he does. Not my limited thinking of what I think fear is. And the words telling me that he created some people for wrath, some people for mercy. If you know him and have received him, What a blessed position it is before you were ever formed. You were created to know the mercy of the Father. Does that inspire, motivate, challenge, want to get you out of something and into something? To know that you were, before you were ever thought of, born before the beginning of time, were chosen for mercy and not wrath. Some people are never, ever, ever, ever going to know him. And that is the intent of God. And yet the Bible also says God longs for no one to perish. Well, there's a tension, isn't there? 
So that God says, I create people for wrath, but I don't want anyone to perish. See why we need to grow? See why we need to mature? See why we need to press on to maturity so we can understand who he is and his ways because that for many people would derail them. That for many Christians derails their faith or their purpose or their motion to go forward in God because they don't understand, well, how does that all work? Well, you need to know him. And if you know him, you know his ways. And then you're able to walk in the mystery of what I just said and not be derailed by the mystery, but be inspired by it. So what does going forward look like for you and I? And he goes on, he says this, people, there are no pillows for my head. He said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. Our excuse is going to get in your way this year. Our other priorities going to get in the way of following Jesus this year. You see, I've been chosen to be a person of mercy to receive God. And I'm going, why would I want to let anything get in the way of that? As you continue to read Romans 9 and 10, you start seeing a picture forming. I mean, in one chapter, you could put the whole book. You know, it's like, man, this is one chapter. Never mind the whole book. In one verse, it's like, my goodness, look at the content. Look at what is being said. And yet for someone else, they just go, oh, whatever. This is tension, isn't there? And he's saying... I believe he's saying to me, he's saying to Danielle, he's saying to you, how many butts are you going to have? How many butts are going to come out of your mouth this year, Greg? Oh, but. Oh, when this happens, when the perfect situation presents itself, then I will. Never happens, does it? It's a dream, it's a myth. It's the lie we tell ourselves, thinking it's going to be different, but it never arrives. And so, I don't know about you guys, but, and I'm sure this isn't because I'm getting older, but I reckon things are going faster. Anyone? I thought I was losing. It's because I'm getting older. I don't think it is. I actually think the days, even though it's 24 hours, I go, it's like 2017, guys. Who can remember 2016? 2015. I can tell you what I was doing at each New Year's. It's moving at a rate. And yet, God's outside of time, and he's looking, and he's asking big questions like, follow me. But you know what? I don't have a pillow. Don't have a safety blanket. Don't have a comfort jumpsuit. There's no plan B. It's plan A all the way. And then you carry on. But first, let me go bury my father. Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What happened to Lot's wife when she looked back? Frozen paralyzed, turned to salt. What is it about looking back that can do that? 
I don't know what your 2016 year's been like. Some of you are going, I'm, a, I'm so thankful it's 2017. I know Chris Logan is. Man, had a hell of a year last year, but in saying that, and if you talk to Chris where he's at because of being physically ill and where he's at with God, it's incredible. Because he hung on to God, he's grown in God. You can see why the Bible says rejoice in suffering, can't you? It's not from him, but if you view it through the right lens, if you see it as an opportunity for growth, what does Romans 8 say? God works all things out for the good to those who love him according to his purpose, which is what? What is the purpose of God? Yeah, but continue that passage with me. Continue that scripture. For all those who are predestined to be conformed into the image of the likeness of who? So is 2017 going to look like you and I being formed more into the likeness of Jesus Christ? Because you and I have been predestined, chosen, before we were in our mother's womb, to be a people of mercy, to receive the mercy of God. What, for just me and you? No, so then we could be transformed into the likeness of God, that we would be the reflection of God on the earth that a world would see. That's the will of God. Now go and prove it when you know it. Powerful, isn't it? But... But please let me first go and, but please let me first go and, but please let me first go and. I need to get my life. No, you don't. Your life's in order because you're in Christ. It already is in order. I love this saying. Our future is creating for us a glorious past. Our future is creating for us a glorious past. Greg, aren't you contradicting yourself now? No. Think about that. As you go forward, you're leaving a legacy, aren't you? If you're living in him for him. If you're not in him and for him, then it's just your, you. And the Bible says to me, there's nothing good in me. So the only thing that's worth anything is what Christ is doing and accomplishing in me and through me, which is of him. So as I walk forward into 2017 and my future in Christ, it's creating a glorious past. And that influence is going towards my judgment seat. This is something we were talking about in the morning, which was phenomenal. So think about this. Is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob alive today? So they're alive and well. Have they gone before the judgment seat of Christ yet? No. So everything, their life on earth is having an impact on our lives, isn't it? Do you think that's going towards their judgment? So someone's life, even though they're physically not here, is still having an influence which is going towards their reward and their judgment seat at Christ because that's what on offer at the judgment seat is reward. So even though you physically die, you're alive in Christ, but your physical life is still clocking up for you rewards in heaven. Do you think Paul's life is having an influence today in my life, your life? 
All that is going towards the man's reward when he stands before the judgment seat of Christ. You better believe this life we've been given as a gift from heaven. So what is it going to look like, guys? Am I still going to be eating the same food I've been eating? Or is my future going to create for me a glorious past? The future starts right now. I can't get back 1144. It's now. It's in one more minute. It's tomorrow. It's Friday. It's next month. So choices need to be made. Let's go to Hebrews 6, verse 1. I'm just going to read you some scriptures real quick. We all know that God believes in us, yes? We all know that God is for us, yes? We all know that God is in our team, and we are in his, Yes? He believes in you so much, he died for you. He believes in you so much, he's given you everything you need, even in an immature state. Because he believes that you're going to seek him. He believes you're going to obey him. He believes in you so much, he's going to give you it all, even though we don't deserve it. Because before beginning a time, he saw you and I. And he called us a people that were not as they were. And although you weren't my beloved, you now are my beloved. But I called you before you were ever born for this position. Because I believe in you. I have all hope for you. I endure all things for you. And then you see this. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Let us press on. That's going forward, isn't it? That's not going backwards. The Bible says not to shrink back, but to press on. There's a choice that needs to be made. And we're going to have multiple opportunities this year to make choices. For or against. But God is for you. He's for me. And he's a loving father like I am, who with my children have their best interests at heart and want their best interests, even though they don't even know what their best interests are. And he says this, let's press on to maturity. Let's press on so you and I are fit for the kingdom of God. The kingdom that's being established in us and through us and the kingdom that's coming. So we can partake and be co-heirs now and in that kingdom that is coming. It won't just be, oh, I qualify because I prayed a prayer. No, there's a judgment seat coming and it's going to test the work of maturity that was done. And it needs to, so then it can give what it, God wants to give as far as here's what you're going to do in the kingdom that's coming. I need to know that you're mature enough to handle what I'm about to put in your hand. 
So we learn maturity now. Not after, now. So what is our maturity going to look like as we go forward, not back? It's going to be different for every one of us, isn't it? Because we're all at different places, but actually we're a family walking this out together who need one another to actually grow. So do you realize you need me this year? And I need you. And I need Danielle, and Danielle needs me, and I need Kirk and Mel, and they need me. We need one another if we're going to mature. It's the design of the Father. If you step outside of the design, you won't fulfill the fullness of what he's called you to because he designs it needing one another. Interdependent. Not independent, interdependent. And yet we hate that. What does that mean that I am dependent? I'm going to be interlocked with Chris. Yep. And what's on him you need and what's on you he needs. But I don't even get on with him. I don't might even like him. We've got nothing in common. Yes, we do. Because we've got Christ. And that's what brings us together. I, didn't need to, I don't need to know Chris to walk with Chris. I don't need to know the man at all from a physical perspective. Christ in him, Christ in me, as we mature and both dedicated to growing will bring us oneness together. Now, if I get to know him through that and I get to know Bella and their children, what great, that's awesome and that will happen, but that's not the goal and that's not what's required for me to be one or to mature with him. And yet, so often we value the physical more than the spiritual. We say blood is thicker than water. I say, yes, but spirit's thicker than blood. And so there's this pulling away, there's this maturing. Um, just come with me to Philippians. And these are the words of Paul. He says the same thing in Philippians 3. 12, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on white for, so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ. Now there's a statement and a half. I'm going to read it again. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, mature. Okay? That's what the word perfect Matthew, and it says that you would be perfect like my heavenly Father is perfect. It doesn't mean that you would be perfect in the sense of what we think. It means mature, that you would be mature. He says, I haven't yet already obtained it. This is Paul. This is the humility of the man coming out now. He's saying, I haven't already obtained this, but I press on. Why? So that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Jesus Christ. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So as we go forward this year, we're not looking back. We're looking ahead. We're setting our minds on the things above where Christ is seated. For my life has been hidden in Christ. No longer looking at the things of the earth, I look up, I get my view off me, off the earth, because I'm not an earthling, I'm a heavenly son of the heavenly God, and I fix my gaze up. 
And I press on towards what I was laid hold of before I was ever born. For I am a person of mercy. I've been given the mercy of God, not the wrath of God. I have been chosen to glorify my Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven through my, through our lives. You and I have been laid hold of. When you lay hold of someone, you grab them, don't you? I laid hold of my wife and I held her for which Christ had for me, for us. But I lay hold of Christ and he's grabbed hold of me for which he has for us, me. And we press on towards the upward call this year. But Father first, it can't be in our vocab this year, guys. But get it out of your vocab. Get yes, Lord, in. Yes, Father. What, Lord? Hear him. Danny's going to speak next Sunday about hearing the Lord. Hear. Hear, O Israel. Guys, he's been speaking here loudly for years now. Can we hear? Will we press on this year? Will we leave behind some of the things that are holding us back? Our spirit's willing, but is our flesh weak? And if it is, he's saying, come and sit with me and eat and partake from a throne, from my food. And I will feed you and I will change you and I will transform you from the inside out so your physical life will reflect the work that's been doing within you. That's the true work of the Holy Spirit is to change you and I so then we're able and capable to live out the truth that the Bible speaks of. That's what grace is. It's the empowerment of God to live out truth. Without it, we're helpless. We can't do it. Our flesh will constantly get in the way. We'll be constantly, yes, but, until, wait, until, no. See why we have to know. We have to receive more. Because he believes in you and I. He's for you and I. And it's unlimited. Yeah, part of what I've written in the book in chapter 4 is the indestructible life that's in Christ. In Romans, if you want to have a look in Romans 6, Romans 8, it talks about a new life in Christ. See, the challenge is sometimes we're more familiar with our old life than we are our new life. We need to know who we are in Christ. Not who we were, who we are. Some of us can tell me how, who you were really good. I'm a sinner. I'm this, I'm that. No, 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 no. You're a new created order in Christ. Yes, you are still a sinner, but you're a son. You're moving from this old life. Great, you've identified this is who you were, but identify who you now are through the power of revelation and live in the new created order for you're a new creation for a purpose to live as a new created order, which brings glory to the Father. 
that other people see and go, who are you, Lisa Lamb? Who are you? How come you can live like this? Well, let me tell you about the one that I know. See, that's maturity as we press on. I want my children to mature into good, strong, healthy women who lay their lives down for him and other people, whose lives matter and have the impact that they're supposed to have on the earth because before they ever were and I was, they were called to be a beloved child. Let's lose butt first this year. And let's help one another capture the butt first. So grab it from someone else. If it comes out of you, someone else say, hey, no, whoa, 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 remember? That's not language we're using now. So let's walk that out together. Hold me accountable to what is coming out of me so the right stuff comes out of me and together we walk as one this year, amen? Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for everyone who's here that could be somewhere else. And Lord, as we, as a small representation of this family, gather in your name, I pray for the rock this year. I pray for this family, Father. I pray that we all, with one heart, one purpose, one spirit, one love, would commit everything we have to the abandonment of following you, knowing that you will provide, knowing that you're our strength, our salvation, our righteousness, that you have made a way for us to be spotless and blameless and to become perfect, mature, through the power of your spirit and your living word. So, Father, we declare and we prophesy today the future. We speak it, we call it into, and, Lord, as it says, it is written. What is already done in the heavenly realm, in the kingdom, I call it out into this physical, natural place within us that you and I, that we as a church, as a family, as a people, as sons, would come more into what already is that we would realize and live from and know the realm and the spirit that is for us, that God is forming us into his very likeness, his son, that we would be lights of this world, sons of light, who would live as sons of light, no longer looking back, no longer being held by our flesh because we've moved away from the basics of Christianity and into the maturing food, the, the steak, the meat, the eternal food source that is on offer, preparing us, making us ready for stage two on this journey with him. So God, we by faith speak this as it is your word and it is written. In Jesus' name we believe. And move forward. Amen. Amen. So go and have an awesome day. Look at that. It's 12 o'clock. Eh? Yeah. Good way to start, eh? 10 a.m. next Sunday. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome week. And we'll see you soon.